bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I have in studio uh, two people I am totally and completely and utterly jealous of because they get to work all around the city and walk around and be on TV and do all sorts of things. And all I have is a voice for radio. Um, I'm teasing. Sean Gallagher and Ryan Jenkins from TMJ4. We're going to be talking about Project Safe Driver. And... When I think about the past, I don't know, two, three years of what was going on and something Mayor Cavalier Johnson talked about in terms of wanting uh, other businesses, other entities to pitch in and try to help the city. But then to hear a media giant like TMJ4 step up to the plate. First of all, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us. can, Can you tell us what was the genesis of this whole project? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we noticed... There was an issue in the city of Milwaukee. Um, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody. Um, if they're driving anywhere in the city, north, south, east, west, um, you see an issue with how people are driving. Um, I mean, we see lives lost almost every day, um, all the way down to, you know, just the annoyances. You know, you see somebody cut you off and you go, man, like, why is this allowed to happen? And, you know, it, it was one of those things that the more we talked about it as a station, we realized how big a deal it was. It wasn't a daily story. This mm-hmm. is something that we really needed to put right. a lot of resources behind. And I think it was one of those things, too, where when we did set out to tell stories about the reckless driving in the community, so often there wasn't a clear answer or concise answer or solution that city leaders or police or victims were able to come up with. And I think that made everyone kind of sit back and say, "Okay, well, what can we do to further this discussion beyond, hey, there's a reckless driving issue? I mean, we need to start digging into what that issue is Mm -hmm. and what the solutions might look like. In your estimation, was this a gradual driver issue or did it just all of a sudden people looked up and saw the numbers were so significant? Yeah, 
Go ahead. I think, I mean, during the pandemic, we started seeing some numbers come out, right? Mm -hmm. That people were being reckless on the roads, really nationwide. And it was a trend that we were we're paying attention to. But then when you start factoring in the numbers that we were seeing in Milwaukee and tying that back to the fact that you really can't talk to anybody who's driving around Milwaukee without them saying, yeah, there's a lot of reckless drivers (laughs) out here. I think that that's when everyone in the community was like, okay, well, I mean, if you know, one plus one equals two, what's going on here? What can we do to, to, to fix this problem? And so as I, as I drive around, cause I get around a lot throughout the city, I mean, Ozaki County, you know, uh, Oak Creek, Cudahy, I'm, I'm seeing people blowing through red lights, but in my mind, because I live in Sherman park, I think, well, you know, it's gotta be a Sherman park issue, right? Cause it's in my neighborhood. And many times the public thinks that issues are just their backyard. How broad have you seen this issue throughout the city of Milwaukee? I mean, truly everywhere. Um, I, first story that I did that's airing tonight at five right, right. now for anybody mm-hmm. who's listening, they could flip over, right? Um, no, it's, uh, you know, we, we got all the citations for reckless driving from 2017 to date. And, okay. You know, it was everywhere. Um, there are hot spots. I mean, 20, 27th Street, Fond du yes. Lac, Capitol. I mean, those are like your usual suspects, but I mean, it's all the way down to, you know, the south side and you see stuff on Chavez that, you Mm -hmm. know, they they have a lot of citations there as well. Um, So, you know, it's really a citywide problem. It it needs to be tackled from a point that, you know, this isn't just one neighborhood. It's not just one group, one demographic of people. Everyone drives poorly in the city right now and there needs to be something done. You talked about data and looking at the traffic. Is there any other data you looked at? Well, I mean, Milwaukee, when we talk to some of the stakeholders, um, for example, for the story that I have airing tonight at 10, I talked with Alderman Murphy, uh, who chaired the reckless driving task force in the city and county. Um, And he said, you know, speed data, crash data, and then the number of citations that were given out. Those are kind of the the statistics or the metrics that Milwaukee was looking at to try to figure out, you know, where we sit. Um, And when you start looking at that those numbers and compare it to numbers from police departments from agencies outside of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that can really add some perspective. So we looked at data um, not only in Milwaukee but nationwide really? to try to figure out where does Milwaukee stand mm-hmm. and why might it be more challenging than you would think to compare Milwaukee to other cities just based off of that data. Because you can pull the citation numbers right. and you can pull how many crashes they were there were, but that doesn't necessarily mean one city's worse than another. Everybody needs to figure out what the root of the issue is. And I right. think that that's really going to be our our goal long term with Project Drive Safer. Is the data gonna give you, Sean, the 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 impetus for why this is even happening? Or or is it like Ryan said, we just kind of compare it with another city and Well, I think it's a start, you know, you need the data to kind of back up that, you know, we have this hypothesis about why things are so bad in Milwaukee. But I think that, um, you know, it's a a number of factors. We're kind of looking at three E's here when we're really talking about this from engineering, you know, that these roads in Milwaukee literally allow for it. Yes, they do. Whether or not, obviously, I don't want to take any of the responsibility away from the driver. Somebody needs to make this decision to drive poorly, but it the streets are allowing for this to happen. I mean, you've been mm-hmm. up and down Fond du Lac, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. it, it, it doesn't feel like a city street. You've got wide street. lanes yeah. and open parking lanes. and Exactly. Just, yeah. I mean, the, 
those streets, people have been clamoring for bike lanes for so long, but now they're basically just used as, as another lane anyway. Correct. So what's the point of having it? And, right. you know, then there's the education standpoint. We do need to educate drivers. And then also the enforcement standpoint. Police officers do need to do their job as well to enforce these rules. And all of this is kind of around an equity lens as well. That's the fourth E that we like to talk about with mm-hmm. this. You know, Fond du Lac cuts through a, a neighborhood that was decimated. Um, black business was really harmed, uh, you know, when these when this highway really was put in and right. cut things down. So right. we, the reason that maybe this neighborhood has worse driving and the people that it impacts, we need to talk about that as well to make a difference. I look forward to seeing it because I might challenge you on some of that stuff because I live in Sherman Park. Nice. And that's one of the the 27th Center and Fond du Lac is one of the worst. It used to not be. Now it's one of the worst accident cities in the uh, cities, um, intersections in the city of Milwaukee. And so when when we try to adjust driving, Brian, how do how do we how do we educate people and help them understand that what you're doing will literally kill somebody? Yeah, I think that's the big question, right? I think when we think about reckless driving in Milwaukee or really anywhere, I think what a lot of people want to do is ask the question, well, who's to blame? Is it the driver? Is it the mayor? Is it the police? Are they not doing enough enforcement? Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, what we're we're hearing from stakeholders all throughout the community is that it really is a combination of of the three E's that Sean was talking about, engineering, education, and enforcement. And when you think about what's happening in Milwaukee, it's it's it goes beyond who's to blame. It, 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 what needs to happen, according to so many sources that we've been hearing from as we get ready to launch this uh, Project Drive Safer, is that there needs to be a redesign of how streets are built. There needs to be a redesign <laughs> of what's happening in the classroom, yeah. in driver's yeah. ed classrooms. And there probably needs to be a redesign or a continued redesign of the enforcement that's happening on the street. And we know Milwaukee police did launch their traffic safety uh, unit and that they're out there. But what else needs to be done? What resources do they need? These are the types of questions that I think our stories uh, seek to answer. And and are there any cities where this has changed, where 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 enforcement or changing, you know, the engineering has really made a difference? Well, I think, you know, what we're finding is that every city takes a different approach because every city is experiencing reckless driving differently. Some cities, it's all drag racing. Some cities, it's, it's carjackings. Our city, it's a little bit of everything, it seems like. <laughs> um, and so I think what, what happens is, yes, there are other cities that you can look to, um, as examples, as mm-hmm. you know, maybe they redesign streets. New York City is an example that I heard today from the executive director of uh, the Vision Zero Network, right. which we'll talk more about on TMJ4. But um, there are other cities that Milwaukee can look to to try to figure out you know, what they're doing that's working. But at the end of the day, what it's going to take is, is community buy-in here in Milwaukee um, into the programs and, and the initiatives that are being introduced in our neighborhoods. How do you get everybody old young new drivers experienced drivers people not from milwaukee people born and raised here how do you get everybody on board with cracking down on reckless driving and and taking safety more seriously sean gallagher ryan jenkins from tmj4 project safe driver when we come back i want to look at what you might consider significant pushback when we talk about the enforcement piece you're listening to truth in the afternoon i'm your host dr ken harris You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. TMJ4's Project Safe Driver. Is it Drive Safer? It's always, I, I, I never, I, Drive Safe. Hey, it's day one. You're all right. <laughs> Sean Gallagher and Ryan Jenkins. When was the last time I saw you? Like, we're going to, what, the weekend or something? Yeah, or? weekend nights. I'm yeah. there. Tune in. Yeah. 5, 6, and 10 on Saturday. 5, Absolutely. And 10 on Sunday. I was like, I'm there. Like, where is this? Like, he's there. Every, like, every time I turn on the TV, <laughs> boop, I'm like, does he go home? Oh, no, he doesn't. He <laughs> works all the time. He's got like a cot in the bag. He makes the rest of us look bad. You know, just kind of oh. holds, him, <laughs> holds him down. Leave you know, that shirt on. You got to get there. This is my one field trip. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> they let him out today. So, but, but this, this whole project, Drive Safer, uh, you're working with the Sherman Park Reckless Driving Committee members of the Coalition for Safe Driving MKE, to really address this reckless driving problem. But part of one of those E's, I think, is going to set off um, some real controversy. I guess it's four E's now. But um, enforcement is really going to cause people to wonder, how, how, how are you going to address that? Or, or how, are you, how, do you, how do you hope to look at that issue when it pops up? Yeah, I think, you know, when we hear concerns from the community about enforcement, if it's being done equitably, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that is, you know, holding MPD accountable. You know, are they doing this properly? I mean, we have our checks and balances with making sure Mm -hmm. that, you know, if they are targeting one area, why are they targeting one area? Um, You know, when I was talking about those reckless driving citations, um, you know, I saw 27th Street by the domes, you know, lit up. There were (laughs) there were all sorts of things there. But as soon as I published this story and tweeted it out uh, today, I got a guy that responded and said, you know, the 16th Street viaduct there, um, you know, is all equally bad, right? Yes, and, it is. You know, you have experience yes, doing is. that. There were close to no citations there. Why right. is that? You know, I, obviously, we know 27th Street has we see this all the time. 16th Street, really no different. But why right. were there no citations there? So that's, you know, day one, I'm already learning, you know, sure. all right, I need to figure out the answer to this. And, right. you know, I think ultimately, that's kind of how we can figure out, you know, the good and the bad when it comes with enforcement, because enforcement is necessary. I yes. mean, we, we need to make sure that, you know, if you're doing wrong, you need to be held accountable yourself as a driver. I would I would suggest, OK, I'm going to put on my Ph.D. brain. <laughs> so one of the things is looking at the outcome of the stop will give you more information than the actual stop itself. And I think that's what people miss. I shouldn't have been stopped, but you were speeding. So you actually should have been stopped. So that becomes a non-issue, whether I stop 20 black people or 20 white people, or two Hispanic people. It, it shouldn't matter because you were actually committing a traffic infraction. What happens after the stop will be a real ind- could be a real indicator on whether or not there's bias going on because why did, why did she get a warning and he got two tickets? Yeah, the result of right, the, the yeah, result you get a ticket of, or not. And yeah. once you start looking at it from that lens, you start to see why why... How did there, there was a story? Um, I don't know if I don't know if you guys had it where some guy got like stopped eighteen or twenty times or something, and it was some ridiculous number of times, and nobody wrote him a ticket. Hmm. And I think they went back and looked, and finally somebody arrested him and said, "Okay, you've you've hit your limit. You're now going to going to jail." But it was you know he had twenty, thirty, forty stops with zero tickets, and what they found out that he was underage. He was driving a car that was, I believe, legitimate, right? It was licensed and all that and registered. And so a lot of the check boxes he already had, he just didn't have a license. So you wrote him a ticket for operating after or operating without a license, right? But if the other citations haven't come in, he's not revoked yet. 
he's not suspended yet. Right. So he just went on and on and on and on. How will you look at data that may, well, once, once you gather all your data, how are you going to look at, at suggesting, or will you even suggest other ways of, of uh, making this correction? Yeah, well, I think a, a big part of it, you know, is also going beyond Milwaukee. Um, you know, I think that we need to go to Madison to see if there are legislative changes okay. that need to be made. Um, okay. and, and that could be, you know, more of a macro than mm. micro when we're talking about, you know, who got a citation. I mean, when we're talking about, you know, engineering improvements, mm-hmm. if we can get, you know, legislative change that could I- enable, um, you know, these different types of infrastructure improvements on the roads, that's going to impact how many tickets are, are written and where they're written. Um, you know, cause like I said before, our roads are allowing drivers to drive poorly. Um, so if, you know, we can go to somewhere like Madison and, you know, hold those people accountable, the elected officials to do what they say they're going to do, mm-hmm. then that, that's an element where, you know, I think accountability is big for what we're trying to do. And I think in talking about enforcement, I mean, enforcement doesn't stop with police or with that ticket. Right. I mean, nobody wants a ticket, right? But, we're also talking about crashes where someone's making a decision that could maybe be taking someone's life or mm-hmm. leaving people who are, you know, pe- leaving people seriously injured. Enforcement is also about what's happening in the courts. And I think helping people understand the role of judges and that entire system in, right. in the conversation of reckless driving is going to be really important. Um, you know, those, these are elected officials and what are they doing after that crash or after uh, a 13, 14, 15 year old ends up in a courtroom, what's yeah. happening? What's, what's going on there? I think that ties into the conversation about enforcement and equity and enforcement as well. I'm a person who follows the speed limit. I stop at red lights when they're red. What should I get out of your, out of your project? Like what, what should I look for when you're done? Cause I know, I hope I would hope that, it's down, but other than less reckless driving, what should I hope for? I, I would hope that someone like you feels empowered. Uh, you know, you might be following all the rules, but you see wrongdoing. Um, and, you know, we encourage that. You had mentioned the Sherman Park Coalition that uh, right. we're talking with them to try to get this. We want we want input from everybody because we know that this is a citywide problem. It isn't just one neighborhood. So I would hope that, you know, every person who is a good driver feels empowered that, you know, the streets are going to be safer for them to drive. Because even if you are the, the safest driver, that doesn't stop somebody from blowing a red light and T-boning you. That's true. Um, so w- we are encouraging people, share your stories with us. You can go to projectdrivesafer.com and submit the, whatever happened to you. We want to tell your stories. We we have this idea that, you know, reckless driving is a problem. We need to hear that from the people of Milwaukee. And that's really why we're doing these radio interviews, why we're mm-hmm. going out and trying to publish this, yeah. because we can't tell these stories without you. What about solutions? Are you are you looking for any of those as well? I mean, people have ideas and, I you know, it's like a hotline. You'll get <laughs> 10,000 calls, but somewhere in there, I'm sure there'll be a potential solution that you can use. I mean, anytime we can highlight somebody's idea or solution, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's great, right? That's what we do as journalists. But I think another big piece of this is that us as reporters, we're connected now with so many community stakeholders, hopefully with lawmakers, with uh, you know the police department, with the mayor's office. Hopefully we can help make those connections happen and help those relationships foster mm-hmm. through our storytelling. 
Um, will we be coming up with the solutions? Probably not. I mean, hopefully that would you know, right. there would be, be seeds planted. Yeah. That'd be great. I would love to be a part yeah. of that. But really what we have here is a platform to help uh, share the stories and the realities of what's happening, good and bad, in the community. And, and hopefully more good can come of those stories. Yeah, okay. So I want to challenge you on something. Go for it. Because outside of the public agencies, it looks like a lot of the partners tend to be more black and Hispanic. Why is that? You know, Running Rebels and Northcott, well, WCS. I, I think that there's obviously um, a lot of what we're experiencing when it comes to community outreach and, and, and everything that's happening in this in this situation with reckless driving. It, it, everyone always goes back to there needs to be more public buy-in, right? And these are the groups that um, appear so far to be extremely engaged in trying to find these solutions and they want to work with us. Um, and, and I don't think that, you know, we're necessarily setting out to, to find a specific race or, or mm-hmm. gender or whatever. I mean, everybody can come forth with ideas and bring solutions, but these are people who they're fed up and we're hearing from victims. We're hearing from people who are seeing this in their own neighborhoods that are worried about their kids and they're coming to us and, and telling their stories. And I think that that's probably why that list looks like that. Um, I don't think it's, it's necessarily unintentional or intentional. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's just, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. And I think it also goes back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier with how the streets were designed and how they went through minority neighborhoods. And now, you know, 50, 60 years later, we're seeing the impacts of that. So the people that are coming forward to talk to us, they, they were put in a situation where this is happening in their neighborhood and they're the ones who are fed up with it. But it doesn't mean that we're, you know, right, not right. trying to talk to everybody. Right. Because, it, like I said, I mean, this is a citywide problem. Every single person is impacted by dri- reckless driving. So, Ryan, last question. What might be, and of course I'm coming to you too, <laughs> what might be some unintended consequences, good or bad, from this project? Unintended consequences. I mean, what do you mean? Well, that? I mean, you're going to find out some things that you may not have wanted to know. And you may also find out some really outstanding gems that can go far in in changing legislation. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, what we're going to be able to do is connect with the community. Um, and, and unfortunately we're connecting through a really tragic situation, right. reckless driving in Milwaukee, but what the outcome is going to be, whether we're telling the good stories or the bad stories mm-hmm. is that we're sharing these stories because they're part of all of our lived experience in Milwaukee. This is part of our reality. Um, and we get to be hopefully part of the solution. Um, and I hope that, you know, the consequences is that there will be safer streets for everybody to enjoy. Sean, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, one thing that I keep wanting to hammer home and, and you know, talking about the engineering aspect, I don't mm-hmm. want to take the responsibility off the driver whatsoever. Right. You right. know, I, I right. know that, you know, our streets allow for a lot of this reckless driving. Well, it's the street's fault that I was speeding yeah. 20 miles over. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I could tell. I could tell you're, you're being very genuine there. But no, I mean, it, it all t- it takes everyone to realize, right. you know, Take that foot off the gas. Pay attention to the red lights. You know, let, put the phone down. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. Because you know, it, is it worth your life? Uh, ultimately, you know, I think maybe people don't understand the seriousness of getting behind a one-ton vehicle that can be used essentially as a deadly weapon. And to understand that, you know, even if you are a safe driver, you know, maybe going five, ten miles hour, an hour over the speed limit, you're like, ah, I can get away with this when I'm, you know, driving down Capitol, driving down 27th Street. You can't. Um, you know, ultimately, do you want to pay that price? And 
to me, um, I don't want to take the responsibility away from the driver. It, it takes all of us um, to drive safer and to make this uh, a better place for all of us in the city. Examining TMJ Four's commitment to reducing reckless driving. Project Drive Safer. Sean Gallagher, Ryan Jenkins, I want to say thank you for coming. And it just shows how TMJ4 is at the forefront of news and, and looking at ways to impact the community. So I want to say thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dr. Thank All right. you. And please visit projectdrivesafer.com. Will do. Oh, and so if I want to, again, if I want to, that that's where I would go if I want to, to submit anything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I can just go you to can the see website. All of our coverage. You can send us ideas. You mm-hmm. can raise concerns. You can send us a video of something that you found uh, concerning. It's all there. Yeah. All right. And that's where again? Projectdrivesafer.com. All right. Outstanding. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Want to say thank you to Sean Gallagher, Ryan Jenkins, TMJ4, Project Drive Safer. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm, I'm excited for the Project Drive Safer. I think that it's going to really make an impact. If but to give information and education about what's going on in Milwaukee as it relates to this driving issue that we have. I still see people blowing through, not as much, but I still see people blowing through lights. These were adults, men, women, I'm saying everybody, young, old, blowing through lights, blowing through, and and eventually, like happened the other day, the 55-year-old man hit and killed needlessly, needlessly. And so hopefully we can get something done about it. And so I, I applaud TMJ4 and their efforts in making sure that Milwaukee is a safer place. All right, let's get going. More news. What's going on? The Illinois shooting victims in Highland Park are now suing the gun manufacturer. I don't I don't I don't know if I'm a fan of being able to sue somebody because of what they used to kill somebody. Like the fact that you're suing the gun manufacturer instead of the guy that did the shooting. I don't know. Is he is he in custody? Is he I wonder. I got to go back and look that one up. Um So I got two more things I want to talk about. It's been driving me crazy. And of course, I understand now you're not supposed to say the word crazy, but I'm speaking of me. I'm not speaking of someone else. The trial for Daryl Brooks. You know who Daryl Brooks is, the man accused in the Waukesha Christmas parade attack. I don't know if you heard this, DZ. 
With jury selection, Brooks managed to delay the start of his trial because he became so disruptive, the judge had to make multiple breaks. They had at least 11 recesses before forcing him to watch the proceedings from video in another room. He was that disruptive. Throughout the morning, Daryl would call Brooks back into the court only to have him become disruptive again. And at the start of the hearing, Brooks was given a laminated copy of standards and decorum in court. Didn't take long for him to violate the rule. Five minutes in, sent back to his holding cell, marking the first recess of the morning. And then it went over and over and over and over and over. And Daryl says, um, many of the questions he had, he should have discussed with an attorney, not the court. <laughs> so yeah, he it's, it's not looking good. The man who has himself for a lawyer is a fool, has a fool for a client. Yeah. You're starting to see that for sure. What's Ben want? Ben, what you want? What you want, Ben? What you doing, Ben? What you doing, Ben? So I, I think I think it's important that um, whatever you have to do to pay for a lawyer, you you might want to you might want to pay for a lawyer. And so I have a question that I want to ask, and I want to ask it in the most delicate way because black people are sensitive. They tend to be a little sensitive when it comes to this topic and its politics. And so I don't want somebody getting mad at me and getting upset with me. I'm just saying. Talk a text line going back to the uh, TMJ4. Out of the three E's, enforcement should be a priority on all levels. Many of these reckless drivers are repeat offenders who usually don't receive significant punishment until a life is lost or several incidents. That's true. Thanks, Chris. That is true. And so we got to figure out a way to make that change. But speaking of making changes, I have to ask this. And I ask this in the most respectful, meaningful way that I know. Is it time to replace President Joe Biden? Over the last couple of weeks, I've seen instances, what I like to call, not just normal age things where you forget where your keys are and forget where you, I've been doing that my whole life, right? Can't find my keys, where my keys or I go upstairs and I forget, uh, what was I going upstairs for, right? Short-term memory issues. Everybody has that. Shaking hands of people that aren't there. Walking to corners of stages and standing there when everybody else goes the other way. Once or twice, okay. Every time, now we've got a significant pattern. Is it time to replace Joe Biden? Will he make it? Another two years. Is it time we start looking at what will need to be done regarding Joe Biden? And if it's done, is Vice President Kamala Harris the person to do it? She's the logical step. I think like everyone, regardless of what you think of Vice President Kamala Harris as vice president, when she becomes president, I think there was going to be a different take on there's going to be a different way that she interacts with the media interacts with people. That's just me. Cause I've seen it happen in every, every instance. 
I've seen it occur in every instance where when change was made, people stepped up and had to do it. Now, some of her comments recently about the equity after Ian that we're going to help just poor people and people of color versus everybody. I don't know if any first responders or FEMA or anybody would really support only helping certain neighborhoods first. I don't know if that would be appropriate. I think that in a, in a time of need, you come across a person, they need help, you help them. We don't bypass neighborhoods, bypass um, communities. A life is at stake, and I, I think it's important that we, we do that. Everybody who's impacted from Hurricane Ian needs help, regardless of race, regardless of gender, because I would, I would want the same thing here. Regardless of whether you're rich or poor, you need it. That being said, is it time for Bill Clinton to either move aside or be pushed aside. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm interested in your thoughts. Should should Vice President Kamala Harris become president and President Joe Biden be moved aside? You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. More of the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. He kept, he started fading. He started fading the music. He knew I was eating my M&Ms, and he was mad at me. Because, so, come on, yeah. So, anyway, he was mad at me because I was eating some M&Ms. I got a sweet tooth. I didn't share. You got a whole bag in there. He got like 500 pieces of get a little small, like Halloween type candy. No, dude, we're not doing that. I got to go home and hose out my mouth. Not brush my teeth. Hose out. Like, really? Woo, I'm going to pay for it later, though. So, should we be getting rid of Biden? 833-212-1017 is the number. I've, I don't... I think it's time for him to go. I think it's time for him to go. LT say Bill Clinton? No, Bill Clinton's 76 years old. So, if Bill Clinton is 76 years old, how are we going to be bothering with with that. <clears throat> Did I say Bill on accident? Who I say? Well, I'm just saying. I got a 
See, I got some people over here harassing me at the window, so they're just doing all sorts of things. But anyway, because it's happy hour. Wow. So regardless of what I said, is Bill Clinton going to take over? I say no. There is absolutely no way. Well, first of all, Bill is 76 years old. But now people are talking about they think Hillary Clinton is about to step in, but I don't think Hillary Clinton's going to step in because I think everybody's tired of Hillary. I know Hillary won't get any votes in Milwaukee. That I'm sure of. Um, I, I don't I don't think she'll be getting any votes in Milwaukee. And the reason I don't think she'll be getting any votes is because she dissed Milwaukee so bad. She treated Milwaukee with such disdain. She treated the state of Wisconsin. Did she go to Madison? I'm trying to remember. Did she even come? I don't even think she came to the state of Wisconsin. I wonder if she even went to Madison. I, I just I just find that incredulous. I find that it's unfortunate. It really is. And the reason it's unfortunate is because I think Milwaukee has a lot to offer. And I think they had an opportunity to, even with COVID, bring the Democratic Convention here, and they didn't do it. And they televised some. They they could have brought a contingency here or had a cutaway where they had a few people in the audience. They didn't do any of that. They kept all the money and did all, and all the people here in Milwaukee and in the state of Wisconsin that paid all that money and set up all those things, we ended up with nothing. And that is unfortunate. We ended up with absolutely nothing to show for it. So now we've got the Republican convention coming, and people are actually complaining, saying we shouldn't have the Republican convention here when it can bring significant money and impact our economy in a way that's rarely seen. But yet we've decided. DZ, somebody else corrected me too. They said, you know you said Bill Clinton should step aside. Well, him too. Bill should step aside. 76 years old, dude. Like, isn't the issue that we have people that are too old that are being president? So if that's the case, why wouldn't we tell Bill to step aside? Like, why? No, because Bill can't do it because he's had two terms already. You saying if Hillary became president, it'd be Bill's third term. Wow. Wow. That is. That's mean. That's mean. Wow. You can count on him not to show him. I'm done with you. I'm done with you, DZ. 833-212-1017. Question, why are cars made to go faster than the speed limit if it's illegal to go that fast? I believe everybody knows the real answer, but I'd like to hear your take. Well, why don't you tell me what you think the real answer is? I mean, tell me what you think the real answer is. Cars are made to go faster because cars are faster. I don't know. What do you think, DZ? Why why we make cars faster than than? Because it's the speed limit that's the fictitious part of this whole scenario. What do you mean? You have preconceived, predetermined safe speeds. Right. We decided that was a safe speed. If right. we all drove fifty miles an hour on a regular basis, we'd all be prompt and ready for anybody no, driving fifty no, miles an I hour. I could tell you what happens when you lose control at thirty miles an hour. That a child at a certain age, 
at about 15 miles an hour is going to be killed if they hit if they're hit by a car. And so, yeah. I don't get that. I mean, I wouldn't. But that's a very good thought. Talking text line, Dr. Ken, I thought you guys weren't supposed to be eating inside the new studio. Who was eating inside the studio? What are you talking about? Nobody was eating inside the studio. I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't put all this soda here either, but it shows in there. But anyway, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. We'll replace Biden with Trump in 2024. <laughs> hey, watch this. The way the government's going, you may as well. You can't do no worse. You can't do no worse. The world didn't end. No, I'm not saying put Trump in. Trump, Trump need to go somewhere and sit down. You lost. You lost, boss. Go somewhere and sit down. Go skinny dipping in Mar-a-Lago or something. Or I don't know. I don't know. But the talking text line is very clear. She skipped Wisconsin. And when you skip, see, but, but Democrats have been doing the, uh, that to us for years. Look at Mandela Barnes. Have I seen any black people working on his campaign ever? Maybe there are. I don't know. But who's running his campaign? Who ran Mayor Cavalier Johnson's campaign? I didn't see anybody that looked like me with him. And that's unfortunate. That when it comes down to doing things and keeping your money in the community, we pay people outside the community. Well, they have a track record and they've done it before. Then help them assist you. It's just, yeah. I don't get it. And I'll be honest, I'm disappointed by it. Very much so. Mr. Wadi say cars go faster. It's a privilege to drive, not a right. That's true. It is very much a privilege to drive. But I think people that sell cars know that you will buy cars that go faster. That's what I say. But you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't do motorcycles either. <clears throat> I'm like another certain person. Do you actually own a motorcycle? No. Tell your wife she's smart. She's a smart woman. <laughs> Funny you say that though. I actually just inquired about one today. Oh. Uh, that is unfortunate. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I want to say thank you to DZ. Thank you to Sean and Ryan from TMJ4 Project Drive Safer. Make sure you check that out online and check it out tonight in the 10 o'clock news on Channel 4. By the way, while you're checking it out, you can never, ever miss a show. You can stream us on multiple platforms, the Truth app, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Tori Lowe shows up next. I'll be back tomorrow in about 22 hours. We got a lot of stuff going on this week. A lot of interviews. It's going to be great. And we're going to have a wonderful time. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. God bless. Safe driving. Drive safer. <laughs>